Welcome to the Erie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. We're so glad you're listening with us. Today, we're continuing our series called God Strong. In this series, we're discovering how to become spiritually stronger by developing the skills that help us grow deeper in our walk with God. Today, we're joined by Pastor Quint Lindblad. Pastor Quint is the worship and discipleship pastor here at Erie First, and today he's going to share his thoughts on worshiping not just with our voices or with music, but rather with our whole lives. Let's get started today. Here's Pastor Quint. Hey, well, welcome in. I'm excited to share with you today as we continue our God Strong series. My name is Pastor Quint, and uh, I want to start by telling you something that most of you probably already know, and that is that my wife is an amazing person. I mean, she's amazing simply because uh, she puts up with me, and, and that's probably what came to all of your minds when I first said that statement. But let me give you a specific example of why she is amazing. You may have seen this photo on my Instagram or Facebook or Erie First Instagram or Facebook, but this is a picture of my wife and our five kids on Father's Day sitting right in this room for worship. And so I got here early that day. We had rehearsal for the band. I was doing my job, and she was at home running around, chasing all these little rugrats, getting them into church, and then showing them how to worship, which is awesome. And, and you know, like I said, just proves how amazing she really is. And so if that wasn't a Father's Day gift enough, that night she let me go on a motorcycle ride as part of my Father's Day gift. So I went on a 100-mile motorcycle ride on Father's Day night after she had done all the heavy lifting in the morning with all the five kids. So like I said, my wife is amazing. Now, she's not perfect. In fact, this morning, we discovered a half gallon of milk that she left in my car last Friday. Uh, The hottest week of the year in Erie has happened, and my car is in a bad place right now as far as smell. So she's not a perfect person, but she is an amazing person. And so anyway, she let me go on this motorcycle ride. And uh, if you know anything about me, you know I love motorcycles. I named my motorcycle Red Delicious. She has a very special place in my heart. This particular night, I borrowed a motorcycle from a friend of mine, and uh, I may or may not be thinking about buying this motorcycle. And we were uh, riding to Geneva on the Lake. Many people here have told me, Quint, you have to check out Geneva on the Lake. Have you been to Geneva on the Lake? So I figured, what better time than now? My wife said, go. And so we were headed towards Geneva on the Lake. uh, And we were outside of a town, I think it's called Ashtabula, Ohio. So we were almost there. We were really close, cruising along at about 55 miles an hour. There is clearly a storm ahead right where we're headed. So I was a little leery about that, but I was just trusting my buddy who was leading the way. And all of a sudden, I'm I'm riding along, and this bug comes flying along and goes bam and gets jammed right between my face and my helmet. By the way, I don't understand the no helmet thing. Apparently, that's also true in Ohio. You don't have to wear a helmet. I'll never get it. I'll always wear a helmet. That's my safety tip on motorcycles. But anyways, we're, we're riding along. This bug comes flying, and it gets jammed right in here. And I immediately think, oh my gosh, I hope that's not a... Bam. Ouch. Clearly it was a B. Okay. So now I'm getting stung in the forehead at 55 miles an hour on this amazing motorcycle ride that my wife allowed me to go on. 
And I was quite uh, shaken, as you can imagine. I immediately started scraping in that area, trying to get whatever was left of this bee out of there. Um, I'm happy to report it must not have been a murder hornet because I did make it out alive, so that's good. Um, but anyways, my point in telling you this story, you're probably wondering what is the point. The point in telling you this story is uh, I was doing everything right. I was doing what I could in this situation, but I found myself in a circumstance I didn't ask for and having to react appropriately. I did not want to uh, take my motorcycle into a tree at 55 miles an hour just because I got stung. I did not want to lay the bike down. Uh, so I had to focus on what was most important while dealing with a circumstance I didn't ask for. And so that's really what I would like to talk to you about today. We're talking about this topic of worship and being God strong. And what I would like to present is this idea of when life brings us various circumstances or trials. And if you're awake out there, you know 2020 has brought us plenty of various circumstances and trials. But when life does that, how do we react? And how do we react in a way that shows shows we are God strong, that we are living in a worshipful manner, and that we are not um, just being tossed around or pushed around by the different things that come at us in life. So that's what I would like to do today. And uh, how I would like to do that is actually, if you turn in your Bibles to the book of First. Peter. Peter was a disciple of Jesus Christ. Um, he's most famous probably for two things, okay? The, the first would be he walked on water when Christ gave him the invitation to do so. Um, but he's probably more famous for the fact that he took his eyes off Christ in that moment and began to sink, all right? And then the second thing he's pretty famous for is that he denied Christ three times on the night of Christ's crucifixion. Um, I don't know. I'll say this. Fortunately for Peter, that was not the end of his story, either of those scenarios. Uh, but also, I don't know that I think it's fair that those are the things he's most famous for. And we'll get to that later. But um, those are probably the things that come to people's mind when they think of Peter. But anyways, if you turn in your Bible to 1 Peter, it's sort of the end of the New Testament. Uh, he is writing to a group of recent converts to what at the time was simply called the way. Now we call it Christianity, but at the time uh, it was just anyone who followed the way. And remember, Jesus told us he is the way, the truth, and the life. So that's where that came from. And he's really just telling us in the beginning of 1 Peter chapter 1, his desire uh, for all converts to Christianity, all converts to the way, to live in a manner that is uh, aware of the revelation that Christ has remade us, right? And so I would encourage you, we're going to focus today on verses 13 through 21, but I would encourage you to spend some time in verses 3 through 12. Uh, Pastor Nicole has been talking about praying your way through the Bible, using different verses to impact your prayer life. I can tell you from personal experience this week, doing that with verses 3 through 12 is an awesome uh, place to be. In fact, I would encourage you to find verses 5 and 6. I'll read them to you, uh, but it says, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So I would encourage you to spend time in those, but we're going to look at three things that I found in verses 13 
through 21 today. Uh, so let's do that. The first would be, let me just read to you 1 Peter 1, 13. Uh, I'll just get us started here. It says, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Christ Jesus is revealed at his coming. And I didn't make it through that verse without writing in the margin of my Bible and making this note for today's message, grace. Grace is the first thing when it comes to living this worshipful lifestyle that we build upon. Grace is what we build upon. So it says, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. I remember uh, when I was in the ninth grade, I went to a Christian school and we took a missions trip to New York City. And I really think that the missions trip was um, kind of like a, like a training ground. They, they used that whole calendar year, that whole school year, to train us with a bunch of biblical truths. And then we went on the mission trip at the end of the year. I think the mission trip was kind of the carrot out at the end, but it was all year we were like just drilled in with really good solid truths. And one thing that I still remember to this day was the pastor who taught it. He said, you need to know the definitions of grace and mercy. And they were very close. And it took me a while to retain which, which was which. And really I just focused, I probably didn't focus on what the words meant as much as focus on keeping them separate. And I remember he said, grace is getting what you don't deserve. And then he said, mercy is not getting what you do deserve. And like I said, at the time, I think I spent more of my energy trying to just keep those two separate. But grace is simply uh, getting something that you don't deserve. It is an undeserved gift. If I give you, if I give you the keys to my motorcycle, the one I own or the one I may or may not purchase, uh, I'm just simply being very gracious. Honestly, probably more gracious than I've ever been in my entire life. Um, but that is what we build upon with this worshipful lifestyle. When we understand the grace that Jesus has given us, uh, a rebirth, a new life, the opportunity to operate in him as a son or daughter of the king, when we, when we understand that, the grace that is there, we automatically, our life becomes more worship, worshipful. We will worship with our songs. We will worship with our voice, but ultimately we will worship with our lives, our everyday, ordinary lives, our interactions with other people. So that was what I got out of verse 13. Let's read on. Uh, let me start at 13 again. It says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Well, wow, that's easy. Just be holy, right? How hard can this be? It's just two, two words, a two-word sentence. Obviously, uh, remember, we're talking about, we're, we're, we're hearing from someone who's most known for what? Taking his eyes off Christ in the water and denying Christ. So I think what is amazing in him imploring us to live holy lives is this. If you, I, we don't have time to turn to all these places, but I want you to write down wherever you are, Colossians 1, 21 through 23, Hebrews 10, 10, and 1 Corinthians 1, 
30. All of these verses tell us that Christ is who makes us holy. So I believe that Christ is absolutely worth our best effort towards holiness. We need to do everything we can. We need to come before him. We need to confess our sins. We need to repent. Repentance means changing how we live in the future. We need to live differently. But then we need to live in the full confidence that when we fall short and when we are not able to uh, meet the mark every single time, we are holy because Christ has made us holy. And that is the, the reminder that we are getting from these verses. We can live in full confidence of our holiness when we are living in full confidence of Christ in us, okay? So, in fact, I actually want to pause here because in reading through this, I feel like Peter paused here. I had this as a separate point, and then the more time I spent with it, I realized when you read 18 and 19, it says, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. And so, and then 20, it says, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was, was revealed in these last times for your sake. I feel like this is just this pause and this moment of remembering, yes, we're talking about grace. Yes, we're talking about holiness. But we're only talking about either of those subjects or this worshipful way of life because of who Jesus Christ is and his work on the cross and what he has done for us. And so we say all the time around here at Erie First, uh, worship is most simply stated as ascribing worth to the only one who is worthy, and that is Jesus Christ. And that's what we do when we worship. And that's why worship is so much more than just three or four songs at the beginning of a service, or even just music. Music is an awesome and beautiful and powerful way to ascribe that worth to Jesus. But we can ascribe worth to him every day, every moment, in all of our interactions, when we're keeping him at the center, when we're building on grace and we're striving to be holy and we're remembering that when we fall short, he has made us holy, we are ascribing worth to him in all of those things. And so I think that is very important to remember. We were purchased with the perfect and untainted blood of Jesus Christ. And it's because of him we can have this conversation about grace, about holiness, and about worship. Okay, that's free, no charge, uh, but let's continue on as we find our third thing that I got from these verses uh, between 13 and 21. So 21 says, through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and your hope are in God. The third thing today, we talked about grace first, we talked about holiness second, and the third thing is our faith and hope in God. Verse 21 uh, tells us very clearly that where we put our faith and our hope is everything. It is the most important thing, all right? I mentioned about that ninth grade missions trip. Uh, I mentioned about uh, kind of like I was putting my energy into just keeping these definitions separate. Since uh, making this faith my faith, though, and you've probably heard me say God doesn't have grandkids God has kids. Since embracing Jesus Christ as my Savior, and not just learning these things because it's the environment I was placed in, but because I truly believe them with everything that I am, um, that is me stepping into this 
faith and hope in God. And that is what you have the opportunity to do as well. Peter is imploring all of us, believers and honestly, even unbelievers. If you have not made this decision, if you have not crossed the line of faith and put your faith and hope in God, he's imploring all of us to do that and reminding us that the the God of the universe made a way that we would be united with him, that we could be united with him if we will simply believe. So why should we choose to believe in grace that will be fully revealed to us, as it says in verse 13? Why should we choose to believe that? The answer is in 21, because we have faith and hope in God and that he is who he says he is. Well, why should we continuously strive for holiness, even when we know we will miss the mark, but we also know that Jesus Christ has made us holy in God's sight? Well, the answer is that we have faith and hope that God is who he says he is. And why should we trust Jesus as our Lord and our Savior and spend our, tr- our time trying to point people to him? Well, the answer is verse 21, that we have faith and hope in God that he is who he says he is. So listen, not everything is uh, quantifiable or some logic-based equation. That's what this faith and hope piece is talking about. Not everything is explainable to the masses. Certainly not everything is agreed upon by the masses. If you don't know that already, I would, I would recommend just leave your television off, stay off social media. Obviously, it's a polarizing mess out in our world right now. But what we do know And what we can believe in is that our faith and hope in God will result in a different way of life. I want to show you what I'm talking about. If you just look one chapter over, 1 Peter 2, verse 11 and 12, let me read it to you. Um, the, The heading in my Bible says, living godly lives in a pagan society. I think that applies to anyone who has found their way to this video today. It says, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. The message translation says... Live an exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudices. And then they'll be won over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. Refute their prejudices. That is what it means. That is what we have the potential to do as believers in Jesus Christ when we choose to believe in the grace, set our hope on the grace given to us, strive towards holiness and let Christ be holiness in us, and then place our faith and hope in God. This is the fruit of such a work is that we actually, people who don't believe see that our lives are different, see that there is a hope that we live with, and they, we actually will, as it says, refute their prejudices. I think the potential is amazing. I think it's on us to step into that and live accordingly. So um, remember, the Apostle Peter here, here is telling us something that is attainable and is able to be done, but it's not going to happen easily, and it's not going to be happen. Uh, it's not going to happen from what might be our most comfortable or convenient way of life. I was having a conversation with a friend, and um, he was telling me about someone in his life who recently came to Christ. And he said, um, the Holy Spirit 
prompted him and said, you need to ask this person, do you want to know Jesus Christ as your savior? And he asked the question and the person said yes. And he led him to Christ, which is amazing and an awesome testimony. But in reflecting upon that, my friend said, I really realized most people aren't going to ask you to lead them to Jesus. You need to be bold enough to ask them, do you want to know Jesus? And I would take that even one step further. Speaking very broadly, I don't think most people will ask you to bring them to church. There are probably exceptions to that rule, and some of you probably have stories where that has happened. But speaking pretty broadly here, we need to be inviting people to church. We need to be asking them, would you like to come to church with me? We need to be taking that step. Uh, and when we are living differently, when we truly are living differently, I think I'll take the Bible at its word. I think it means what it says. I believe people will see our lives are different, but then we need to take that one extra step of asking them, do you want to know this Jesus Christ that I follow? Do you want to know this God who I've put my faith and hope in? I think when we do that, we will start to see people saying, actually, yeah, I would like to know more about Jesus Christ. I would like to know more about this faith that you say you have, but I, I don't know anything about all that to say, taking a, a, a zoom out here, I would say when we do all of these things, that is when we are presenting to God a worshipful lifestyle. So in light of being God strong and in how can we make sure we are being strong in our faith and strong in God, um, the other six days of the week when we're outside of this room and outside of this building, I think how we do it is we live in such a way that we know our actions to the best of our ability are worshipful. And when they're worshipful, other people come to know Christ because of it. That's what the Bible tells us will happen. And so uh, I want to close in prayer, encouraging us to do that. If you are watching this and all of this sounds great, but you need to take that first step of putting your faith in Jesus Christ, I would encourage you to email us, to uh, text us, text Erie first to 97,000. We would love to pray with you, to set you on the right course, uh, and to just answer any questions that you may have. But it is the greatest peace you can live with is knowing that Jesus Christ has come to redeem you, to make you whole, and to put you on a, a course of life that is different than what you have lived previously. So let me pray to that end. And thank you so much for watching. And we look forward to seeing you next Sunday here at Erie First. Jesus, thank you for salvation. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you with everything that we have, with our songs, with our voices, with our words, but ultimately with our lives. May we ascribe worth to you with our every interaction. May we pursue you with our every movement. We love you and praise you and thank you for your patience and your faithfulness with us as we work to figure these things out. We pray all these things in your name, Jesus, and we thank you for who you are to us and your faithfulness to us. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today and we will catch you next time here at Erie First. Thank you for listening to the Erie First podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts. You can find all our series videos and podcasts at eeriefirst.org, along with all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.